You're listening to the Free Your Mind podcast. Join Moya and Kumo every other Wednesday as they share their unfiltered views and debate on topics with guests from issues making the headlines to topics generating buzz in the group chats. Make sure to share the episode with a friend and rate us if you enjoyed it. Why don't you give us a follow on Twitter at GCR Free Your Mind? And of course, you can listen to all our episodes on our website, listen to gcr.com. Just go to shows and you will find Free Your Mind and everything related on there. The next episode starts now. Welcome, guys, to another episode of Free Your Mind. My name is Pomo. I'm here with Maya. Maya, I'm see what I've done with my head. They're not going to say anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, for those who are listening, man, I went bald, man. I remember, I remember um, this one time I had a friend of mine who went bald, right? And I think this was during the right. lockdown period. And the person just sent me like a picture of him bald. And I was like, please don't come out. Don't don't go anywhere. Like just stay in your house. Yeah. And when they when they start, you know those small sports sports, when they start coming, to please. <laughs> don't go anywhere. Yeah, Charlie. This 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 is how I'm coping with August. August has been hell for me so far. So this how I'm coping with August. And my girlfriend seems to like it, so yeah, I, I guess I'll stick with it. That's all that is. I mean Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, the voice you heard is the voice of Ifwa. I'll let her introduce herself to the listener. <laughs> Hi, my name is Ifwa Labi. I am a content creator. Well, I do YouTube. I review movies and TV shows for YouTube. And I also like do recipe videos. But like my main job is like I'm a writer, a director, and a producer. Right. Yeah. Right. Nice. Right. Hey. Oh my wow, you've come to bring somebody that has like, you know, no, rules, rules on rules on rules. I'm, I'm you, know that, you know that free of mind, we, we don't play. You know that free of mind, we don't play. We bring you the people to come and discuss the right issues. So, yeah. If one of a small person, we're actually going to put her YouTube channel in the in the description below. And she does you very good. Go and reviews. check, like, comment, subscribe, and share. Thank right. you very much. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's the YouTube, YouTube lingua. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's start with an icebreaker. So, um, the icebreaker question really is, um, did your parents show more love to one child than the other when you were growing up? And did this affect your relationship with that sibling? That sibling? <laughs> Who's going to take this first? <laughs> Maya, they are laughing. <laughs> or you should give if we are If I the guest, so yes. Right, so, okay, if I... When I say it was interesting because my husband, I have nine siblings. Oh, wow. So Wait, wow. Yeah, so I don't Love know it. if like there was like preferential treatment because we're all treated the same. Like, I don't think like there was time to like now treat someone else differently and be, you know, treat you differently. You're all treated the same. Right. So, I don't know. It's just that because like there are a lot of like age differences. So, the relationship was weird like it was strained in such a way right. but as i've grown older where it's like now i just like i speak to young as well now we're all adults so there's no trying to like police what you know or anything but it was it was interesting because 
there are certain things that they'll definitely like someone else would have like better treatment like or when it comes to like cooking because i didn't like it so obviously when it comes to that the person that's going to help is one that they are going to like you know fawn over in that moment but generally like overall it wasn't I think there's literally no time for preferential treatment. Mm, lovely. My middle sister, mm, she was the best. Like they, they treated her like an angel. Wow. <laughs> and but I don't think that changed like my relationship with her. If anything, it made me smarter because I knew if I needed something, <laughs> I go through her mm. <laughs> to get like right. what I need. But I remember, like, when I was young, I used to feel very, like, some way about it. But my parents just sit me down and they explained, like, the relationship. So, basically, we are three in the house. I'm the oldest, my middle sister, then my younger brother. So, when they gave birth to me, according to my parents, you know, it was, oh, we've been waiting for this child, our our beautiful child, our first child. Then, like, less than two years later, my sister came. And then less than two years later, my brother came, who is like the first son. So they also gave him like that much attention. So they were trying to like compensate or overcompensate by like giving her that much attention, like in her later years, which is still going on, by the way. But I do understand that. But yeah, it didn't make me feel like any like way, like seriously, like I hate my sister. But I used to feel a bit slighted. I'd be like, oh God, what about me? But now I don't care. I don't need it to be me. As long as I get the the benefits, I'm fine. If I need anything, oh, Pana, please go and tell daddy that, you know, I'm I'm hungry. That's it. <laughs> right. But yeah. If I do think that, like, preferential treatment really has to do with probably the size, like, in your special case where, like, you had, like, nine siblings, right? do you think that it played a lot of role on, like, the size of the family? Like, your parents didn't have time to... So... Um, I think that if you're a lot, you don't notice it because I'm sure there was preferential treatment somewhere, but you literally don't notice it because there are a lot of like moving parts. So like on a situation where you'd feel slighted, it would be like, wait, hold on. We are actually all benefiting from it. So it gets like lost in the source because when I was growing up, we were about two younger siblings, we were three and we were there. Right. We'll go and ask for that. Right. So like, Oh, we want to go out. So, like, go and ask to go out. So, I didn't see it like that. Maybe as I've grown older, I'm like, right. hold on. So, were we the guinea pigs for them? Were we the people that will send us to go <laughs> like, do stuff for them? And right. So, yeah. yeah. I guess. I think that the, the common thing between you and Maya is that you used those people who were giving preferential treatment to your advantage, I guess. For me, I'm the only boy among the girls. And I'll, I, I don't think... I got preferential treatment. <laughs> yeah, I thought, but Charlie, all of us were doing equal equal chores. Even at a point where my sisters were washing my stuff, but my little sister was taking money for me before she washed my stuff. So <laughs> for me, <laughs> for me, yeah. So yeah, um, we would quickly you know run what? into. Yeah. Sorry, before like you 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 run into something, I do want to ask the two of you. If you think you would give like one child over the other, like if your plan is to have children, like um, preferential treatment, like do you think you would mm. give a child preferential treatment? Hmm. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I call it preferential treatment. I think it. I also think it boils down to which child. Not also like a problem child, but which child has like seems well adjusted as as compared to like a not well adjusted child. Right. Because um, if you have a child that is always chill, like if you say do this, a child does it. If you say oh go here, the child understands. I mean, some, somehow you think that the child is like, he's fine, and he or she is fine. And then the other child that is like, always doing, always getting into trouble, always doing that, you'd be more, I don't know, careful, or you'd be more mindful of that, of that child. Because it's like, why are you not adjusting? Why are you not as well adjusted to, as your sibling? And in that right. way, almost everybody you see it as being preferential, but maybe to you, you're just giving the one who's having problems the best help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think she's making sense on that. To add to that, too, maybe it might also be like circumstantial stuff. Like I think that parents give more attention to a child that came around to dramatic um occurrences. Like maybe yeah. if parents struggle to have a kid and all of a sudden they have like three kids, the very first kid might have a lot of like preference because they suffered before they got a kid, probably. Yeah. So, like, all those factors also play in. But I think I agree with what Efua said. It might not necessarily be preference to you because maybe you are giving attention to them because you think that maybe the firstborn, she's okay, she can handle herself, she can cook, she can take out the house. She's like a proxy mother. So let me concentrate on the last bonds and then um, let, me, let, me, let me deal with them. Yeah, so I guess that's about it. Um, let's quickly run into the second segment, which is the what be your mind segment. And um, I would want to start a segment by asking this question to, I think, both of you. What was the last Ghanaian movie you guys watched? Probably something on Netflix, mm-hmm. but I can't remember. Wow. No, not in a shady way. It's just... Oh, no, not in a shady way. It's just... I'm one of those people that when I watch movies, like I enjoy it in the moment. Then that, that month I enjoy it, or that week I enjoy it. After that, it's gone. In comes new movies. So yeah, probably something with um the one of the Yvonne the Yvonne sisters, Yvonne Kuru. Yeah, that one I definitely remember. Probably something with her, but can't remember the exact title. Uh, for me, it wasn't even a movie. It was a TV show on Showmax. It was it was a concept. To have and to hold, yes. Oh, okay. I, mean, like, I, I, I did a review on it. I watched it because it sounded interesting and it's like, okay, that's cool. Right. Yeah. On board, I don't remember. It's strange because yesterday I watched um, this Nigerian movie, um, King of Boys, on Netflix. Just because it, I think I. Yeah. Yeah, I think I. The trailer was come out. Right. I don't know what part, I was. Yeah. Right. I don't know what I was. If we that I sent the trailer to, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, you sent it to Right, me. right. Because I saw the trailer and I was like, mm, I've forgotten a chunk of that movie because it was like almost 34 hours long. So let me just yeah. catch up because I hear, <laughs> I hear that the part two is coming. It was really a good movie. But a Ghanaian movie, I really don't remember. Like the last time I actually sat down to watch a Ghanaian movie. I see like snippets of the funny bits and maybe some one or two series on UTV and when I'm passing by, but then I don't really watch watch that Mad Ghanaian movie. 
So we would use this to segue into the industry. We won't talk about the industry if we are since we are here. Um, can you give us like actually give us like some words about the current state of the industry? To your knowledge. What you current know? state. <laughs> so you don't have like in Hollywood, uh, like in in different parts of like the world, the right. people with the wood in the movie industry. Right. They have like a, a studio system, like they have like big money movies, mm-hmm. i.e. the blockbusters. Right. And then they have like the indie productions where it's obvious that, I mean, nowadays indie movies do have like funding, but you can see that this is like made with like a lot of like their new ideas, their crazy ideas that most big studios wouldn't back. Ghana here, we don't have that. Everybody is an indie movie producer, right? right? And and we all work in silos. Like, like everybody works in their own space. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you are caught up in like working for this person, that's the only one you work for. I think like the only person I, I see work across what is Ajita and uh, I think Koss is also like one of the best actors we have. So mm-hmm. people have no choice than to like use him by force. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. Which for me is which for me is very uncomfortable for him because it makes him overused. If, if that's the word I want to use. But if he's being overused, he has everywhere. money, right? <laughs> or it doesn't translate into money being overused. I, I I don't know. Like, and that's and that's another thing. There's no information on like how much money is being spent on anything, right. which has always been a huge problem for me. Because in anything, people are like, well, it's it's a uh, private company so they're not obligated to tell you how much anything costs but the thing about that is that if if you say you know you're not obligated to tell anybody well then how do you open up for say investments because if someone comes and the person's like wait how much because the people in the industry don't even know how much our movie industry is worth and we're talking pure hard cash like cold cash how much does it take to produce this nobody knows how much does it take? How much do you like? Do you get after you produce your movie? After you produce your show, nobody does. And you only have to like know the person, and they'll tell you that Charlie, Charlie, this thing there, it cost me like five hundred k. And they right. give you the breakdown where like everybody, everywhere else in the world, even now, Nollywood does that. They publish their numbers, like how much does this movie or TV show cost? They let you know how much it costs. Right from like right from the onset, so you know that if you if you want to do this kind of thing, you need minimum this. But here, yeah, nobody does that, so it makes it for me it makes it very frustrating finding out certain information, and and for me because I do like a lot of research to like back the stuff I write, it makes it very difficult because I always have to rely on like, like South African stats, Kenyan stats. You know, Senegalese, their movie industry, their stats, because those are the ones that are published. Anything I want to find out anything about Ghana, they all tell they all, they all tell Charlie Charlie one of those things. And it's so frustrating. And it, does this apply to every all the Ghanaian movie industry? Because to my knowledge, it looks like there's there's a divide. There's even though there is, it's called Gollywood, I think that there is the quote unquote bourgeoisie elitist kind of movies and then there's mm-hmm. the local chunk of 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 movie producers so even though it's like Gollywood to me it looks segregated 
Uh, if it was 10 years ago, I'd say that, oh, it's just one part. But right now, we've moved so much from the era of DVDs that we couldn't find a way to bridge the gap. Let's just say that, like, in Ghana, everybody's an independent producer. So, you know how, like, sometimes you watch a movie with some unknown actor, like, five years ago, and then right. in this year, you see that he's starring in some Marvel movie. You're like, wait, hold on. How, in, who is this person? Like, oh, he was an extra in, like, that movie. So you go back to see like the progression. Yeah, there's no. I mean, I don't. I don't want to see. There's no such progression where people come from my head. But there's. We don't have any of that. And because I don't know. And because we made a distinction of a past being elitist and a past being bourgeoisie, it becomes very irritating. Because what happens? Because we are a country of like different Ghanaian languages. Like we speak different languages. But we've made it such a point that when people, so when certain people do their movies or TV shows, it's only English that is spoken. So therefore, right. when another person does a TV show and they speak Ghanaian language, all of a sudden that's like a, a lower class movie. Mm-hmm. I, it's recently that I've seen certain certain movies or certain certain directors change that. But for those that are changing it now, they are part of this because. They went so long in moving in that direction that they are now trying to backtrack. And it doesn't feel honest. Yeah, it doesn't feel honest. <laughs> um, let's talk about adaptability. I think it's something that maybe I also share opinion on. Um, the, the kind of movies you are bringing out. Do you think that it's of good quality for you as a reviewer? So... Um, I feel one of one of the things that worries me about the movie industry is that, and I don't know. Anytime I say this, a lot of people are like, "When did you come?" But I've I've, I've been noticing <laughs> it that anytime like there's a new generation, they always seem to start afresh. Like there's never building upon a foundation. It's almost like there's no foundation. So when Kwasa did what he did, right, that was great. But then like the next people that came. They didn't have like it's like this. It kind of seemed like there was no foundation, so they had to start again. And then there was Gamma Films, you know, definitely had like you know the Who Killed Nancy, a Start of the Dark, Ripples, all those things. That part, that time of our movie industry was really enjoyable. Like we had really great films. Like the stories, the stories. Were like, so sorry about that. They were so relatable to everyone. And I thought when the next crop of filmmakers can do build upon that. But we never seem to do. It always seems like anytime there's a new, like, set of filmmakers, we have to start from scratch, and that mm-hmm. and that's what makes us have like these storylines because certain storylines and they and they find out that was adapted from like a Bollywood movie, and they're like, mm-hmm. if I and for me, I, there are some of them that I didn't know till recently. So I was like, wait, this is from a Bollywood movie. That was from a Bollywood movie. <laughs> The wealth of stories that you can even get from just talking to like your parents is crazy. Yeah. Like it's like if you just talk to your parents for like one day and they tell you like about well, Charlie some time where this happened. And like, hold on, if that's this is just one person. And like I mean, sure, we are not a lot of people in the country, but there's so much that could be done. I don't know, worse me. And for me, I one of the okay, so you're saying that this I don't think the stories are bad, but we try so hard to make everything funny. 
Uh, and so, eh, eh, I mean, like, I don't doubt that we are funny people. I really don't doubt that. But you can see where it was so obvious that they had to be funny just for it being funny. Like, it didn't add anything to it. But they just needed someone to crack a joke so that you see that, ooh, you, you can write funny. It's not everything that has yeah. to have a funny person. It's not everything that has to have a funny situation. And I and and it's it's so obvious. It's like when you watch a Hollywood movie and like every movie have like a Kevin Hart funny moment, you'd be so pissed like, ah, hey, what's he doing in this movie? Like that's how it kind of that's how it feels like. No, but I'm saying that some people are doing like really good stuff, but just that like, they're not really noticeable, like on YouTube and everything. Like they're doing like their own hustling, picking up their own storylines and doing stuff, but you know, they don't have they don't use like popular actors, actresses, so nobody like pays them any heed. Yeah, I think for me, obviously looking from the outside perspective, like somebody who is just a viewer, um, when it comes to like the topic if I was speaking about before, when it comes to um there's no information on like funding and stuff like that like how much people are putting into like um films and even with what she's saying up saying right now it's like anytime um a new crop or a new generation comes in they don't build on to they don't build on what the past people are doing for me i think it's a problem of ghana where we do not appreciate information and data collection and analysis those three things because um recently i was reading something that um I can't remember, was it um, Anthony said about stories for like, about stories, gathering stories like from the, um, this old couple. And I just realized that we actually don't have a lot of stories. Kumia, right? If you sit down with your parents right now, I can tell you that your parents alone will be able to help you write a biography or like um, Ghana from independence till now. Like, how has things progressed? But we don't value data collection. We don't value information. The same thing with our bloggers. Respect to um, all the bloggers out there doing like amazing things in terms of reviews and stuff like that. But majority of our bloggers are, are sensational bloggers. Like they are not like information bloggers. So for that, we don't have. When there's no shade, because that's what. From what did I tell you? The no, last it's, not. it's not. Because it's I, not. I, I it's think not. So I was telling Ghanians are very, like, they like sensational news. So if you're a YouTuber and you're not doing sensational stuff, if you're a blogger and you're not doing sensational stuff, you're not going to go anywhere. And so I think it translates into the movies because if you're not doing some sort of sensational something, it's not going to translate into anything. And that's why, that's where I feel like we need to build on the film industry from the from the from the roots not even from like the filmmakers or anything but from the roots like the infrastructures impl- like need to be put in better place and this cuts across not just like film but music and other things for me i just feel like ghana needs to redirect their focus and the government i'm always saying the government because they need to help redirect the focus of of like being to one side to like appreciating information appreciating data collection and just appreciating analysis like for me that's the thing that's the main thing but yeah but this is me as a viewer right. and that takes me to i think my last question before we discuss possible solutions the technology gap <laughs> i think that people are still doing <laughs> movies in cds and that's wild to me because this this is not 2005 
No, but Como. When you say technological gap, what do you mean? Like, I want to understand. Okay, so, so you. Okay, right. So, so you know, you know that there was a prime shift from CDs to digital. Um, yeah. And during the CD era, these local movies were making a big hit. I think that with the new technological age, probably Nigeria is leveraging on it a bit because you find their movies on all these digital platforms and everything. Some Ghanaian movie houses are trying to replicate that by also building their own platform, which I think is the wrong thing to do. I don't know why they're trying to reinvent their movie. It's, it's nonsense. <laughs> for me, for me personally, I don't, I don't mind that. I just think you have to make it accessible <laughs> because one of because one no, person that you can't. So okay, okay so let me see. Okay. Let me okay. So I'm come. Let me explain. Maybe then, if then, if you disagree, when what I mean accessible is this right? When when I was when I was studying university, one thing that was really big was oh, what's that? That one. It, is it Iroko or Iyo? one of Iroko those things? TV. Iroko TV. Yes. And it was really Iroko, yeah. Yeah, it was really big. And that was how I could connect with Ghanaian and Nigerian movies, right? And at that point in time, Jennifer's Diaries was like really big on Iroko. But then Jennifer's Diaries only ended at a certain point. And when it ended at a certain point, Jennifer's Diaries used to show on DSTV, but people in the diaspora didn't have access to DSTV that easily. So... Funke decided to build her own platform, Scene One TV, and put all of her Jennifer's diaries on it and kept on updating like almost every week and then built on that and then started doing other TV series and stuff like that. And Scene One TV um, subscription is like one pound, which is like less than 10 CDs. I don't know if it's still the case now, but as of AL two years ago, it was less than 10 CDs. Now, coming down to some of the movie platforms that we have now, it's not as affordable in Ghana. The, the most affordable I've seen is Showmax. And even that, I don't think it's Ghanaian, right? It's not Ghanaian. It's yes, Showmax indeed. Ghanaian. No, it's not, it's not Ghanaian. So for me, the thing is, I want something to be accessible so that I can watch it or a lot of people can somewhat subscribe to it or watch it. Because if something is above... 20 CDs, 30 CDs. I don't think the average Ghanaian would want to pay into that if I'm not getting value for my money. The same thing with um, some series. Like, a lot of Ghanaian movies have come out, like, during the lockdown, after the lockdown, that colorful movie, I've forgotten it. But then there's no platform for it. And even the CDs cry, we are not getting the CDs to even watch on it. So it's like, I need a, I think the platform will be helpful, but then make it affordable and make it accessible and make it value for money. But again, that's just me as a viewer. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, for what? Um, um, I think that we, uh, you know, not to get like very Christian here, but in the Bible, it says that you have to like know the times, know like the times in which you're heading in and everything. And we, we don't. So we are always being reactionary to things instead of like getting ahead of the curve. I mean, sure, certain Hollywood companies were also like that. But even then, they knew that digital was going to be that like the next big thing. Because right now, DVD sets are collectibles. They, like you don't go out to buy a DVD set because you actually want to watch it. They've now become like a collector's item. 
like, oh, I have this uh, Lord of the Rings DVD set. They right. become my and collectible items now. So we didn't see that happening. And for me, one of the my biggest challenge with all these movie houses doing their own platforms are that there's not enough content to keep me engaged. Because if one day I decide to subscribe and say, okay, maybe I take like two weeks leave. I won't do anything. I'll watch everything on your platform. I should be able to clear that in like two weeks straight, morning to evening. I won't be able to do that. And I find it very odd because there's collaboration. Like why instead of Shirley having her own platform, instead of Farmhouse having his own platform, instead of another person having their own platform, come together and build your own platform leverage on your connections leverage on what you who you know what you know leverage on that build your own platform give it a name then make it accessible otherwise i'd be forced not like i'd be forced otherwise i i have a netflix subscription although yes it's a family thing but i have a netflix subscription then amazon prime then hbo max because hbo has like a ton of stuff for me to watch disney also has tons of stuff for me to watch and it's not because and for me, I pay because, yes, I read you movies, but it's also because there are a bunch of things for me to watch. Like, if you go on Netflix right now, no matter what you want, like, if you think you, you just like documentaries, there's documentaries for you. If you like cooking, there are food shows for you. But if I go on your platform and all I have are what you do, because it's written by you, directed by you, produced by you, I'd be bored. Because it's only your voice on that platform. And I know what people are going to say, well, you know who it is. But I, I want to see different people on the platform. So it, it bothers me. Cause, and that's the thing. Because there's no collaboration. There's no honest collaboration. Because, I don't know, we have a feeling that someone will like, she's the other person. Because it happens. You know, there's backstabbing happening and things. So nobody, everybody wants to like, protect their their own island but by protecting your own island you are making it you know that's the thing so the next generation of people come in instead of being like oh you know some five movie producers have this platform and they make it very easy for you to get your stuff on board that next generation can be like hey that means do we also have to build our own platform yeah and then that's what happens right i guess we're even discussing some of the solutions that we, we intended to discuss a, a thing for collaboration. I think it's a thing where, personally, in my view, a lot of Ghanaians don't do. Because it's a, I don't know this, but it's a trend. Even in the tech space, because I'm in the tech space, I've seen that you realize that when one thing happens with Nigerians, it becomes like a chain reaction. I don't know whether they are one big family. But then there's a set chain that you realize that will be happening throughout whatever industry is supposed to, to to be affected by. If, let's say, one person is there and then one person gets a VC, whatever, the next moment, all of them are taking it. And it's the same with the movie industry, I guess. There's a ton of movies and series on Netflix by Nigerians. Like, there's so much. It's a lot. It's so, so much. I... Last year, I was part of a program by the British Council, and there were these uh, Nigerian producers from Afrinoli. And they were, and that's what they said. In Nigeria, whether you like the person or you do not like the person, if the person is in your industry, they are going to. You have to move along because you always have to link up. Because when the whole Genevieve Lion has thing happened, when that 
production happened, right? right. He, she could have been like the only one to be like, yeah, hey, I'm the one that did it. Screw you people. You're not serious in life. You know, she could have easily right. done that. Everybody would have been like, yeah, I mean, she's justified in doing that. But then it became, it was so quick. Then other producers were like, okay, Genevieve, how did you do it? And she was like, oh yeah, I did this, that, 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 that. And I was like, cool. Then you go, this person will go and do it. Another person will go and ask you, how did you do it? And even though Nigeria is segmented, because let's not lie, let's not kid ourselves. They are not like one big happy family. Yeah. I mean, all yeah. the segmented, <laughs> all the segmented people are pushing their people. So it is the Yoruba, it's the Yoruba guys that have like their movies there. It's always like, look, bring your things on board. Let's go quick, quick, quick. Like it's sharp. It's fast. Don't, don't slack. You right. know? Because right. some of the Nigerian right. movies, some of them like Charlie, but this thing, how did they get on Netflix? But then I, I realize mean, like, there are a lot of Netflix. <laughs> there are a lot of Netflix movies that are, that are also trash. So if there are going to be nonsense Nigerian movies there, we might as well have it. Yeah, Idiot I mean, for, for Netflix, it's content. As for them, they don't care. They just want content. They just want content. Exactly. So, so far as they are giving them content, that will keep the user engaged and pay their subscription every month to see more content. They are good. They are good. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what they do because a, a lot of the like. A lot of Nigerians, if you talk to them, they're like, Charlie, it's, they've met someone who's linked them up. So, and it's, I mean, it's not easy, but because there are so many different avenues to make it in Nigeria, it's it's easy. <laughs> you know, it's not easy, but it's easy because they have Indani TV, which is sponsored by a bank. Then there's Red TV, which is sponsored by another bank. So, and, and I think... And, and you know, a lot of people keep on saying that we are not a big community. Like, we are not a big, we don't, we don't have the numbers. Right. Right. And they keep on saying that Bacana isn't like a big country. The populations are a lot. I disagree with that. Ghanaians watch a lot of content. Like, I'm not even going to lie. I say this all the time. Sometimes I was sitting at Trotsky and I was watching uh, a Spanish show on Netflix. I was watching Elite on Netflix. And then the mate was sitting by me and he tapped me. He was like, oh, is that money heist? And I'm like, no. He's like, oh, when is Money Heist coming back? And I was like, uh, I don't watch it, but I'm sure I can't find out. And this is someone who the honor person wouldn't think to market for, but he's engaged in a show that they speak Spanish. They'll read, I don't know if they, they'll read the subtitles, maybe they'll listen to the English dub, but we have the numbers. It's just we need to find a way to bridge the gap between the things we are doing that we think they would like and the things they are actually watching. Because for a country that is engaged in telenovelas, you can't tell me that there's something you do that they won't watch. And you have to you have to meet them. I don't know, maybe meet them at their point of communication, I think, I guess. Hopefully. I guess we are we are we are already discussing solutions. So do you have anything that you think that would help the industry um, I mean where it is to I've always said you. I know. I'll, I'll, I think the government will be tired of hearing by now. But government really <laughs> needs to. <laughs> they'll be tired. But that, that's 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 the reason why we voted for them. They need to make some sort of input in this. As to what inputs they need to like discuss with stakeholders because the economy can like the economy can be driven by the film industry. Like the film industry can help a lot. But if you know, infrastructures are not put in place. It will not, like, it will not go anywhere. The other thing too, 
that is like touches my heart, which um, you guys are talking about in terms of collaboration is I get collaboration is important and all, but you guys, let's not forget it's Ghana, it's Ghana we are in. <laughs> like, not even in Ghana, human beings are very greedy. Ghanaians are extremely greedy. <laughs> so to be able to put your trust in a person would be hard. We are we are on Twitter, we're on social media, we see like filmmakers come up, we see like small people come up and say, look, they had this idea and then they went to like this producer and they had a discussion and then you know what they've seen the producer do this. I remember back then back then something about Shelly Frempon Manso came up about is a small and was it in, was a filmmaker or I can't remember or a, a writer. Something happened with that. Like and it's just hard because you we preach collaboration, collaboration, but it's like who are the people we can collaborate with that we can trust that oh the collaboration is going to be of mutual benefits. It's just it's just hard. But my thing is, the government should come in, should help us. Um, infrastructure should be put in place. Bloggers, like, we should have more ifalabis. Like, for example, we should have more, um, not Amiadebris, but, like, other people who can, you know, help, like, drive the conversation. Yes, I've said it. He's a sensational <laughs> blogger. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> like, like, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but, like... So, the thing about... Okay, so, not to, like, defend Amiadebris or anything, right? <sighs> the blogger space in Ghana is driven a lot by nonsense. Because I've seen bloggers who started, like, they're doing, like, very, like, proper, structured things. And they weren't seeing their numbers. So, like, they'll say that, is this true? And you know it's not true. But they have, like, they, they get all the hits. So, I mean, it's either you sink or you swim. So he, he oh, no, swim. that's what I said, definitely. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with with him. Like, sometimes I do, I do go on his blog, like, for beauty, like, stuff. Like, he actually does well. But um, I don't need another Amiel Debra when I'm talking about, like, building the like the film industry in terms of like, I don't need another of him. I need another of, I forgot his name. Is it Kweku something? He always blogs about like musicians. Like, and I really love, like he talks about their history. He talks about like, he has like in-depth reviews because as you said, if I go and Google right now, like um, I want to know more about like my favorite, like Ghanaian actor or actress. I'm not going to get anything beyond <laughs> the last movie they were in and an interview they did. Like, I'm not going to know where they came from. Like, it would be very hard for me to find out where they came from, their first film they did, how they felt about it. Like, I'm not going to get any of that because, like, people don't write on that. And that's my thing. Like, we, like there needs to be more information in the system because, obviously, we have the movie side of information, but also, as a viewer, I want to know more about my... I want to know more about my people. Like, I want to know more about Yvonne Nelson. I want to know more about Maggie Michelle. You know, like, give me give me that information. All those other people, give me that. But we don't have, even directors. I don't even know, like, 10 direct, ten Ghanaian directors, like, that I can mention. Because we don't talk mm-hmm. about Bobby them. Rana, but if you talk... <laughs> no, but if we talk about, like, Hollywood directors or even, like, Nigerian directors based on even, like... I remember when Desmond Eliofed became a director, you can actually identify his movies based on the grading he used to do for, like, his movies when he first came in. But, like, you can't even get that for, like, another Ghanaian director. Like, you wouldn't even know, like, ten, personally me, I wouldn't even know 10 Ghanaian directors. So, like, just more information. Do you have any last comments on that before we end the episode? <laughs> 
you know, when you, you know, obviously, honestly, honestly, we need government. Like, <laughs> I don't like saying we need government intervention because I mean, they, are the biggest, government... they are the biggest spenders and the biggest money owners in the country by, by far. So... Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. But right. you see, anytime government pumps their money into something, it never gets to where it has to get to. We saw that with Musica. The money right. never got to where it was supposed to get to. Right. It, that's what I, that's why I get very irritated. Not irritated, I get very sad. Because we've just seen that SNET has misappropriated $245 million. <laughs> that $245 million. If they had given some... No, no, no. It, no, you see. If, you see uh. that if he set up some $10 million fund and even right. say that people should, like, when they win the... I mean, even that one said, I can see the connect the friends and family thing happening where you have to pay a bribe. So it's just, it's so frustrating. So when anything comes to anything about government, it's very frustrating for me. But also when Maya was talking about the collaboration, about how, like, we are Ghanaians, you see, I don't understand this. Sometimes you have to do things for the greater good because it makes no sense that only you, you want 50 thousand when if you collaborate with somebody you get thirty five thousand and it won't just be you but ten other people get thirty five thousand but you only want to get that extra fifteen thousand and then what will happen and it's just I mean Hollywood yeah. and you know all these places I keep on saying like Hollywood and everything it's everybody nobody likes the people they work with. They are such I know recently there was a movie where there was tension on the set. Ah the Batman movie. There's tension on the set between the director and Robert Pattinson. That doesn't mean that they are going to walk away from... No, don't finish it because there's a goal. Do you want to meet that goal or not? Then shut up. Do the work. Finish. You never have to speak to this person again unless you go on set. But you know what you're there for. And that's the same thing we have to have. That this is business. Business isn't personal. So if I come and we have this 100,000 movie we have to do is business i don't need to say anything more than good morning to you don't talk to me again and then we can just move on yeah you know i was telling someone that ghana we don't know how to leverage anything because (laughs) it it should be we should invest heavily in the arts because that's how propaganda like chinese propaganda and everything it was through movies and stuff like we have k-pop k-pop is one of the biggest things it's such like it's such a huge propaganda thing america does propaganda so sweetly yeah. how do we know that there's something called 911 you are in ghana but if they say helpline the first thing you think about is 911 you are your yeah. ghana helpline you don't, even know what it is. you don't even know what it is right <laughs> you don't even know yeah but it's just because we don't leverage on it but if we have like because in america every company like gives like some 10k to like some movie producer that oh they're bombing moving the mummy why or like bombing company in the mummy so the movie will come and he said out of nowhere they'll mention acts but it's really like ah, but what has acts got to do with this yeah. Axe has given them some 100k to do that because they are leveraging the movie they are hoping that at least even even a thousand people watch the movie that's a thousand new products that are sold Ghana, we don't mm-hmm. do any of that the government should be doing that. It should say that Charlie mentioned that one nine one, so people know that it's functional. We don't leverage anything, so that's why we're in this situation which we're in. Right, right. It's Hopefully, <laughs> Hopefully filmmakers Charlie. I don't know. You I know, think that there's a bit of hope. I just want them to show these young ones. They, they, they just right. somewhere that we can watch. Me, that's my thing. I, oh, I they cannot find it, it, it doesn't, No, but like 
like <laughs> tell me the, the the last movie that you've seen one in terms of marketing two in terms of where you can find it to watch it's hard though it's hard <laughs> charlie trying to build a new app you don't see you, why are you trying to reinvent the wheel it doesn't make sense do you know the amount of scalability no, but, netflix no. needs to no, run me, my concurrent is, traffic <laughs> no but my thing is have you guys like when was the last time you went to the mall like even before like the the you know the uh, british and whatever movies were showing like the, i remember when the mall first began like almost maybe on wednesdays i remember they used to put it on wednesdays which is so annoying me but every wednesday you had a ghanaian movie showing or at least a west african movie showing now when you go there oh, you don't nice. even get some yeah like i remember i used to really enjoy it because like during their vacations, I used to try and make sure like, it was even Wednesday or Thursday. They show it like in the afternoons or like late evenings when people will not be there. Like that's my thing. Like we have a cinema for a reason. If maybe you can't find a way to get your stuff onto Netflix, like interact with like the cinemas. Like we have how many cinemas do we have in Ghana? Like it's not a lot, but still, like it's really boring me. Meanwhile, every day there's a difference. Like what's name Hollywood movie um showing or a British movie showing like every single day. But then we don't have that for like our Ghanaian movies. It just really stresses me out. Like, <sighs> okay, so this is the last thing about Silverbird getting into trouble or like a Silverbird isn't. I mean, it's a private company. They can do what they yeah. want. But the terms, but the terms in which they get with with film Ghanaian filmmakers aren't fair. At all. Now, when it comes to Hollywood, because they know that people come and watch Hollywood movies, so like they get the license to yeah. show Hollywood movies, right? So it's like, okay, this Hollywood, I mean, Endgame. And I, was, I guess I was telling some people that Black Panther and Endgame, Ghana had like the highest ticket sales in the opening weekend in West Africa. That's crazy. Can you, like, it, it, that's like, we have, it was a lot of numbers. And I was like, why you know that means that people are going to the cinemas to watch movies yeah that has to find a way to translate to the uh, the Ghanaian filmmaker yeah. and some of them do but those ones that do they are because they're not they're not as popular so what we can tell them actually you want like 50 percent of the ticket sales yeah and if you're if you're taking 50 percent how much do i have left like you know, but then that's why you need again. I come and shame all of you. That's why people need lawyers, and you don't invest in lawyers. Simple point blank. Hey, then law she plug himself. Then law she plug his body. Finish. But hey, not to, not to, sorry, not to attack people. But I just feel like there needs to be. I was talking about this. I was I was on a podcast yesterday, and I was just talking about how. And that's my whole thing. Education, 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 information, information, information. I don't know why the average Ghanaian cannot get access to information or cannot be educated on certain things. Like, it's so hard. We just need a new direction, a new focus. But, but anyway, today is not about the government or the economy or whatever. It's about the film industry. So <laughs> let's direct it there. <laughs> like, on Netflix, I watch Nigerian movies and like, Yo, this movie is good, and I'm actually what like I actually try to watch more Nigerian movies. So I don't think that if somebody yeah. brings a Ghanaian movie that is good, I will say that oh, I won't watch it because it's Ghanaian. No, if the story yeah. is good, we we'll watch it. So like, do good stories. Like, look at this Olotoure movie that came out. It's an adaptation. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah. Amazing. 
It's a true story. But then look at that adaptation. As you said, how many true stories do we have? Like, even In the old Ghana. people are doing good at, like, even the old people were doing adaptation of stories. Thanks, Ifwa, for coming in again. Can you plug yourself again before we end? <laughs> so you guys should subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is right. odd. Like, you see, <laughs> people tell me, why don't I do a lot of, a lot of Ghanaian movies and things? Like, I really hunt. I'm not going to lie. Like, I really want, like, go on a hunt for Ghanaian movies. It's, right. it's, don't worry. But I have like a couple can, of ones. I can give you a connect. I have um a connect to the guy who edited most of Francis movies. So if you want, I could give you that contact. Maybe you could talk to him. Yeah, I, I could probably do like a throwback. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> All right. So it's been good if we're having you and we'll catch you next yeah. episode. This has been a Gold Coast Reports production. Catch up on episodes and discover more shows from our network on listen to gcr.com. Not to carry that.